Hello and welcome to Seismic Cinema. So put your feet up in the caravan of courage, grab a healing kyber crystal, and prepare to dance and sing along to the best uh, podcast theme tune that I've ever heard. <laughs> You're not paying us enough to sing it. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Anyway, I'm so I... prepared to. That's the thing. I'm ready. Can I, can I have a go at it? <laughs> go ahead. Oh gosh, God. We'll just do that. I can't remember if we've discussed this or not, but who who like created your theme tune? Was it one of you guys or was it someone? No, we we bought it off a royalty free site for a fiver. We felt we, it was literally the we, we went searching for loads of um, what did we say, James? We said we want to find some music which sounds funny, like mm. welcoming, jazzy. And one of the first <laughs> things we found was something called what was it? Uplifting jazz, um, fun and uplifting jazz. <laughs> and we thought that fits the bill. <laughs> I, I like I like the honesty, but I kind of feel a bit sad now. I thought it would be like, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna have a go at. I was going to have a go at writing a piece because I am a musician and I thought, yeah, this would be fun. It only has to be like 30 seconds. And then I sat down to do it. I was like, oh, this is way harder than I thought it's going to be. <laughs> oh, well. We credit, credit to the original creators, but I generally, yes. <laughs> I generally will find myself just going last. <laughs> Sometimes I, I find it when I listen to another podcast and I press play and it doesn't start with fun and uplifting jazz. My brain yeah. is a little bit confused. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Why is the podcast starting with different music? Oh, it's a different podcast. <laughs> is that my... James, James? Is what you're saying? You you only listen to our podcast? Yes, I only listen to our podcast. It's legitimately was third <laughs> on my like Spotify um, <laughs> and rap from last year. <laughs> I like the honesty because yeah. so do I. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to get the listener numbers up. Go, going back to the start, you guys mm -hmm. will get your chance to to plug anyway. But me and Paul always forget, <laughs> me and Paul always forget to plug ourselves. So um, yeah, sorry, Paul's I hijacked that. Us. <laughs> Paul's not with us unfortunately tonight, um, but I am one half of Seismic Cinema. So usually um, I've not seen it, although I'm starting to see a lot of things that I haven't seen. So we're getting there with it. And Paul has usually watched it in the wrong order, which he also did <laughs> when he started watching uh, Narcos, or Narcos, as Paul says I said it wrong. Mm -hmm. um, he, wa he watched the season finale, season one. So he started at the end of season one. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense. Um, <laughs> but if you enjoy uh, movies and TV and you want to check out more, then you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and YouTube, Spotify, and all the places where you listen to podcasts. So this is, I'm going to give Paul the credit here. This was Paul's intro to you guys. <laughs> uh, so somehow Moisture Farm Report have returned <laughs> and not because of lazy writing or <laughs> plot conveniences, but because we decided to, to hit you guys up on Twitter and get you on for this special review episode of Bad Batch Season 2 and Mando Season 3, which I'm calling Bad Mando. <laughs> well thank you very much for having us um yeah we we certainly uh we certainly um enjoyed your uh your kind invite and uh mm -hmm. we i mean I, I mean 
to be honest, we thought we'd be um, we'd be presented with some lovely um, food and drinks for our for our spot on here. And we're kind of gutted that when there's no there's no food and drink. So what's that all about? <laughs> Mind you, I have got a nice cup of tea next to me. So that's that's we've got, that's... We'll get merchandise. Ah, nice. <laughs> but no, thank you very much. We did enjoy the last time we we were mm. on, and uh, we were quite excited to come back on. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you very much. To... Excited to have you on, and especially because you two have finally met for the first time in real life. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we can confirm that the other person is actually a real human. <laughs> Des- we, describe we that. Describe <laughs> that moment. Like, did you had you like planned exactly where you were going to meet, or was it more just like we'll bump into each other? Or... Oh gosh. Um... <laughs> So well, we went I mean, to the yeah, we went to the pub ahead. the night before Star Wars Celebration. So for anyone who doesn't listen to our show and doesn't know, Adam and I have been hosting the Moisture Farm Report for about nearly two years now, and yeah. we've never met in person before because no. we live on opposite sides of the country. Uh, but we both went to Star Wars Celebration a couple of weeks ago and met for the first time. Um, but yeah, we went to the pub the night before, yeah. which felt like a nice way to kind of break the ice before being in a big sweaty convention hall for the day. <laughs> yeah, um, it was weird though. I, remember I walked in the pub and I saw you at the bar, and I was. There's a moment where I was like, "Oh, I recognise him," and I was like, "Oh, it's <laughs> I would hope so. I know him." <laughs> yeah, I've looked at I've looked at his face for the past exactly. two years on a computer screen. But it's so right. weird. You forget you've only ever seen someone like through a Zoom window, and you're like, "I haven't seen if they have legs at all, or yeah. <laughs> like I haven't right. seen them in 3D before." It was, it's it's it was strange. So I mean, we yeah we've known each other for a really long time. So I feel like mm. we 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 so we messaged and we said, "Oh, let's meet here," and you know, um, let's just sit down and have dinner. And I think I had the same sort of feeling of like I like I was excited, but it was also yeah. Mm-hmm. When I saw you, I think it was this strange disconnect of like yeah. I like I knew it was you, but at the same time, it felt weird to actually see you walk through the door. Yeah, and like like perspective wise, we only see each other on a Zoom screen, so like we don't know how you know tall each other are. We yeah. don't know how each like so like but that for example, I remember seeing you and then thinking, oh okay, cool. Like yeah, I don't know. Just, <laughs> He's like, shorter than I expected. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but you said it. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? Did you? Did you? Did what you found meet what you thought? If that makes sense, like, was there any big surprises? I don't think there were. I remember I I had a moment like before we met. Where I was like, what if we meet and we don't get on in person? <laughs> like, what if we're fine hosting a podcast but we just don't get on socially? You flat out, you flat but... out asked me over messenger. Just said like, what if we don't get along? I was like, you yeah. trying to? Are you, basically, is your question, what if I'm what if I'm an asshole? <laughs> and I'm like, or me? Well, it could have been me. And my response was. Well, I don't actually know. I suppose you just don't bring it up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, do we just carry on hosting the podcast and pretend that we're friends? <laughs> Luckily, we did. Luckily, this we did. Like, it's fine. It's like you've been online dating for a long time. Yeah. And finally, the Quite, literally. Quite literally. But we had yeah, a, it's not that different. But we had, we, had a, we, had a long, we had a lot of stuff to reminisce about mm. and chat about. Like, yeah. Because, like, I don't know, there, there was a lot to chat about. We had, there was an interesting... Um, uh, musical performance going on behind us <laughs> at the pub, where this this person brought out this incredible, I think, Asian stringed instrument and started doing this lovely recital behind us. So, and it and it lasted for a good hour and a half, didn't it? Mm. To a point where I think we were tempted to even just turn around and just sit and listen for a bit, <laughs> but it was fine. And then that made the time when we did actually meet up at the actual convention center a lot more easier um mm. i think i it was yeah it was great we got along we chatted we had a laugh 
And we talked a lot about Star Wars, didn't we? We did indeed. <laughs> we actually yeah, talked about weekend. We managed, we, managed to, we managed to brainstorm a couple of episode ideas, which is always useful. Yeah. Mm. yeah. We need to do another one. You've got another one tonight as well, your Visions episode. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We need to talk about Visions some point soon. Because you t- when was it you said that season two is coming out? Is it May, May the, the 4th? fourth? May the fourth. May fourth. So it's a week a week on Thursday it's coming out. Yeah, that's really crept up because the trailer wasn't revealed until celebration. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Ardman Animations having an episode because I'm I'm from Bristol, yes! so Ardman is local to me. Hmm. That's the one that's um don't they produce things like Wallace and Gromit? Yeah, like they that. do. Yeah. So it's that <laughs> typical stop stop motion animation style, which yeah, like, and it's got the it's got the humor, it seems, from the trailer from exactly. like all the Lawless and Gromit stuff. It's got I can't remember what happened in the trailer, but you've got those two small little creatures who do this little mm. scared like <laughs> ah, kind of thing to the to the camera, which I just I can't wait. I'm just excited to get more Bristol in Star Wars because it started with Dave Prowse being from Bristol and playing Darth Vader. Mm. It's still going on now. Yeah. Bristol oh, well, is the, the home of Star Wars, apparently. That was the that that was the other thing we concluded. It was James has done the legwork to come down to London to come down yeah. to my path. Yeah. Now I've got to go to Bristol next yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, you've got to sit on a National Express for four hours. <laughs> if you're ever coming up to Scotland, you can let us know. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, I nice. had a similar experience to you guys, maybe not as extreme, but uh, Paul's girlfriend's cousin Daniel's came on mm. quite a few of our podcasts. You, you probably maybe what, seen them yeah. before. Yeah. Um, he actually came on my stag do, and I'd never met him. So, <laughs> nice. Um, Paul was like, "Should uh, all right if I say it to Daniel?" And I was like, "Why not? He, he lives in Glasgow." <laughs> so me and Daniel met for the first time on my stag do after doing yeah. like, multiple yeah. podcasts together. <laughs> That's quite a time to meet for the first time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you heard what I get dressed up as on it. I haven't, no. I don't know. This is this Paul's idea. <laughs> um, a certain beach beachwear outfit from Return of the Jedi. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. I've got Paul, any- Paul to thank for that one. Was anyone, was anyone dressed as a Jabba the Hutt or someone like that to go along with that? Of course, it's uh, just a solo costume. Not- not quite, no, but it was mentioned. <laughs> so, All yeah, I, crumb. I, I half, half introduced you guys at the start, but uh, mm-hmm. both myself and Paul just want to uh, congratulate you on wrapping up season four. Thank you very much. Paul's left a few notes from uh, not being here that he really enjoyed your what if episodes. <laughs> nice, yeah. <laughs> I, we, um, I, I, yeah. Sorry, I did things in a kind of Paul order. I listened to like half of your Caravan of Courage episode and then I watched <laughs> like half an hour of half an hour of it. I think I enjoyed your podcast more than the actual <laughs> TV movie. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. I know a lot of people didn't love it. <laughs> like I know we're very much in the minority enjoying it. <laughs> we certainly got more out of it than the holiday special, put it that way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. But well, we thank it. you very much. We we very much enjoyed making season four and mm-hmm. and the what ifs were quite fun. We added a we had it we added a whole extra what if to our <laughs> to our episode list because we thought why not? We enjoy making them a lot more. Well, we enjoy making them and mm. so what was um yeah, James, did you have a particular favorite from that season? That uh trying to think. I 
uh, other than the one we did in person at Star Wars Celebration. Um, mm. Yeah, I think the the Kino Loy what if we did was really fun because we like mm. picked a character that there's just no story for apart from mm. what was in a couple of episodes of Andor. So that was really fun just to have like a blank canvas to go with. Yeah. Um, yeah, really enjoyed doing season. I can't believe we've done four seasons now. I know. It's mental. Like, <laughs> it was like only the other day we were planning season one in, yeah. what was it, summer of 20... No, spring of 2021? or 20, Something, something like, like that, that, yeah. And you'll here we are. Make, uh, you need to make a movie soon. <gasps> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think Bring James, all of our what-if characters together into one big like Avengers Endgame film. Well, we were thinking of somehow trying to retcon all of our what-ifs well, <laughs> yeah, for like future episodes. Um, we, all, we we hopefully Wikipedia's listening and creates a whole mm. new entry, a whole new sort of like <laughs> section of the website dedicated <laughs> to the Moisture Farm Report. Canon, Legends, TMFR headcanon. Uh, James, we must have crossed 50 episodes quite recently. Ooh, that's a good question. I bet we have. I don't even think we I don't even think we posted it on Twitter if if we did that which is bad on our part I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um we either have or we're going to in season 5. No because because four seasons, 12 episodes times by yeah. four, what's that? 48 and then we've had a few off-season yeah. episodes. So we must have. Okay, we're going to have to mark it when we get to episode 60. <laughs> you just need to do it retrospectively. Yeah. yeah. It was the celebration episode we did. That was our 50th episode. That was our 50th. Oh my god, uh, what a great 50th. <laughs> the episode what we recorded we in person and we missed that it was our milestone episode. <laughs> we're just We're just too caught up. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that makes that episode so much more special, but that's hilarious. Well, I'm glad we've realized that now. <laughs> Oh dear! Oh, this when we get into the so I think we've made it this far without actually explaining the, the purpose. So uh, we're going to do a kind of um um a miss. What's the word I'm looking for? A mismatch? No, not a mismatch. Uh, what's the word? It's a mix of Bad Batch season two and Mando season three. A melange. Mm. And mm. I thought we'd start with Bad Batch because. I feel like the Mando discussion would probably take longer. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Paul's given me some of his thoughts on each of the seasons. Do you think we should save them for the end, or do you think we should share them first and then spin off from Paul's thoughts? Hmm. Um, I'm excited to hear what he thinks about the Bad Batch. Yeah. Yeah, right. I've got the... All all I can hear is my cat snoring right now. (laughs) Right, where did they do it? So, right, so he's got some positives and some negatives. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he says, Crosshair's arc. Mm. This is the positives. Yep. Episodes mm. that drove the story forward were excellent. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cody and Mayday, awesome episodes and characters. Yep. Plan 99, emotional damage. <laughs> and animation itself was amazing. Oh, for yep. sure, for sure. And yeah, clone army fate cleverly done and made to really care about them and their conditions. What's mm. an interesting thought? And yeah. his negatives. Omega is still annoying. <laughs> <laughs> too many, too many filler episodes. Hmm. Mm. Tex weird romance. 
Uh, yep. Paul wanted more of Rex and Echo. Mm, yeah. Saw as a numpty. And Zepho Megazord. Yes. Mm. I think I agree with Paul on everything apart from Omega, and I will fight him on that. Yes. Yes. Why don't we start there then? What's your, <laughs> your views on Omega? I, she's one of my favorite Star Wars characters, and she has been ever since I watched the first season. Um, I think it's there's an episode in season one where she goes with the Bad Batch for the first time, and they go into hyperspace, and you get this shot of like her eyes with the hyperspace lights mm. reflecting her eyes. Mm. Um, and I think it just from that moment, I was like, oh yeah, that's how I felt watching Star Wars for the first time. Of like, yeah, what is this? This is incredible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I will I will meet Paul in the car park to discuss um, <laughs> hot takes about Omega. <laughs> Well, if it makes you feel any better, I quite like her more this mm. season. I feel like she's went yeah. from being the young kid to a slightly older kid who's a bit more, a wee bit more streetwise and mm. a wee bit. I think she was a wee bit annoying in season one. Yeah, yeah. But I think in season two, I didn't really find her that annoying, if I'm honest. Yeah. There's less like babysitting of her in season two, wasn't there? Like she was yes. a more active member. Like it felt like she was part of the Bad Batch rather than just someone traveling with them. Yeah. Um, can we talk about her outfit? Because I thought it looked incredible this season. Like it just looks so cool with the little um, that mm. hat looked a lot like the ones that the Rebels wear on Endor in Return of the Jedi. I don't think it's got anything to do with it, but I just thought it looked so cool. Mm. I like mm. it using that bow so much more. Because there was a bit of a there was a bit of a time jump, wasn't? I don't know how big it was, but there was a wee yeah. bit of a time jump between season one and two. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was as much as year. It was some time. I mean, it, it was. It. I mean, it wasn't. I'm trying to think because obviously the end of season one was all the events of the destruction of the clone city or the Kaminoan mm. city, and a lot of that is retconned somewhere in the middle of season two in the Senate mm. and things like that, and it infers that it's fairly recent or at least it's yeah. not in the not too distant past but maybe a few maybe a few months or something i can't remember what year they're setting at all yeah <laughs> no. come on wikipedia yeah what were you adam I... are you are you an omega cheerleader <laughs> i'm uh i don't know whether i'll i don't know whether i'll be meeting paul in the car park we'll put it that way i think <laughs> i think i'm sort of more i'm more in i'm i'm closer to the door than i am in the middle of the car park, but I you're supposed yeah. to back me up. No, okay, listen, I, I'll back you up on a lot of points, but I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like Omega for a number of reasons. That's just you know, she, I think she, you know, there, there's a lot of times when I think the Bad Batch can take themselves a little bit too seriously in a way, and Omega provides that that relief and that grounding, which I think all the characters need. And I think she, there was a lot of really good work in the season where she was able to connect with characters such as Echo and mm. and other other characters like that where I don't know she just provided sort of the she provided the a clarity of purpose for all those all those different characters and while there was possibly one episode I think or maybe two episodes where I did find her a little bit annoying maybe is where I will align with Paul here and I think it's I think it was at the beginning of the season where she kind of goes off on her little journey and she tries to rescue the the money isn't it or the there's like a bound there's like yeah a, and and she falls down into that that ship and she has to get rescued mm. and there was a, another 
episode, I think, is it the is it the the planet with um where she meets that boy who is controlled by this um sort of like overseer kind of person mm. and runs runs that place like a sort of slave labor kind of yeah. kind of place. And there was this naivety there was this naivety to her in mm. that episode, which I think a lot of people can find grating. Yeah. For sure. So I'm probably like, and during that episode, I was kind of like, oh god, there's Omega being too trusting on people again. Stop <laughs> yeah. it! You've gone through a whole season to learn this. Why are you having to do it again? Yeah, oh, man, there's a couple yeah. times when it feels like she doesn't quite listen to reason, just because the plot needs them to get into another mess. Like, like you said with um the episode on Dooku's planet, where she's like, no, we've got to go back for the the war chest. I can reach it. And like, the plot needs you to try and reach for it. Yeah. Um, you yeah. don't actually need to. So I, yeah. I get where Paul's coming from, but also I will throw hands. <laughs> I think I think that leads quite nicely into. I think we could may as well just use Paul's discussion points as our structure <laughs> for the discussions. But one of my main issues with the show, mm. it's not as big an issue for me when it comes to Mandalorian, which we'll discuss next. But the the filler, the real filler episodes in Bad Batch do seem very filler-esque compared mm. to the Mando episodes because I feel like Mando are better at tying it back in the future. Yeah. I feel yeah. like a lot of the Bad Batch ones, like the ones we discussed, like the, the one with the the Megazord and the... <laughs> some of the ones where they just went looking for treasure. Basically, anytime Sid, who I don't mm. like, I, I'll yeah. take the car part over Sid. If need be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What were your thoughts on the the way Bad Batch runs, particularly this season, in terms of filler versus main plot, I think I I think they definitely spent a lot of time. What here's the here's the thing. I think they could have certainly concentrated on a, a a lot of characters which were more interesting to explore. Like for example, Crosshair, which I'm sure we'll look into in another conversation. But there was such mm. good stuff to look into there, which I remember me and James sort of talked to each other that they sort of sort of propelling his arc on way too late in the season. Um, it almost felt like they were staving off that and holding off from from touching onto that. Um, I think they only really had two or three crosshair episodes out of that entire season, mm. didn't they? Because they had the one on that on the snow planet with the base. Um, they had the one the one um, with Cody. Cody, one with yeah. Cody. Um, and I thought that that was in a way rushed in a mm. well not rushed, but they they took quite little time really to get to his his redemption or his sort of reversal moment mm. whereas they spent a lot of time with like you said Sid chasing treasure and while that was you know it was it wasn't they were perfectly fine episodes yeah I didn't I yeah James I think you'll you'll back me up here that you also <laughs> felt like some of them just yeah I yeah go on what do you think yeah I it, there was a while in the middle of the season I think after we had the episode with Crosshair and Cody, which is episode three, there was a while where like every week I'd be like, is Crosshair ever coming back? <laughs> like, are we ever getting more of his story? Because yeah. it was it wasn't until episode 12 that he came back again for that the episode in the outpost. Um yeah. Mm. yeah, he did I don't know, it, it felt a little bit like they didn't really know how to flesh the season out Whoop. and they were just kind of treading water with a lot of it to get to um like it felt to me like they knew where it is ending, yeah, but they just didn't really know how to kind of ramp the tension up to get there mm. in however many episodes it was like 16 episodes or something mm, mm. 
Um, do you think this would work better as? Do you think bad bats would work better if it dropped all at once instead of week by week? Um, um maybe. It's a lot maybe, to drop maybe in two parts, like, maybe eight and eight. Yeah, Possibly. or if they drop like a couple of episodes a week rather than just one, because I think sometimes you watch like twenty minutes of it, mm. and it's just like the yeah. racing episode or um or something like that, and you think, oh, that That's wasn't it. really worth it. And then well, you're the less race, interested. The racing in the episode week. has more impact when we get to the end of the season. Well, they... yeah, yes, yes. I have hot takes about that episode, but I don't know whether I can get <laughs> past <it> or not. <laughs> Go for it. I I just remember seeing like I don't know whether any of you saw this, but I remember seeing this like hot debate on Twitter about whether or not that was a filler episode. Um, and somebody put this argument out that it's not a filler episode because Tech went through character development. Yeah. Um, and I saw this before I watched the episode, so I thought, oh, this is interesting. Mm. Um, and then I watched the episode, and I was like, I don't see what development Tech went through in that. And I yeah. don't know if it's just because I'm thinking about it as a writer. Um, but I remember there was a point where he was like watching the race and he was analyzing strategy and stuff and talking to the droid whose name I can't remember. Um, and Teo, that was it. Yeah. And, and he was saying like, oh, I've analyzed, you know, the best way for this to win this race is to, is to drop your weapon system. You need to go for pure speed. And Teo was like, are you crazy? You don't know what you're talking about. The, you know, you've got to be on the offense in these races. If you lose your weapons, you're dead. And then, like, when Tech takes over, I thought, oh, this is going to be his character development. He's going to think, oh, I need to drop the weapon systems because I'll be faster. My strategy, like, I've worked it all out. And then he's going to realize, actually, no, Teo is right because he knows more about the situation than I do. And, like, it's a growth moment for Tech. He learns that, you know, his models and stats and everything aren't, aren't all the knowledge he needs. Like, sometimes you need to listen to other people around you. Yeah. But he doesn't. He just drops the weapon system off the, off the speeder, goes faster and wins. And I was like that's not development that's just he starts the episode like oh i've worked it out i'm right and then yes. ends the episode and, and, and he's and of, right and of course uh, tech's um yeah tech's main development is obviously that mm. that scene when he's actually he actually has to communicate to omega when omega is yeah. sad that echo is left and tech yeah. can't actually understand like how on earth do i you know why why is she feeling this way and why yeah. you know why can't she understand like that was the moment and yeah, yeah this kind of just felt a little bit sort of showboating <laughs> yeah which I, I know it feels like a bit of a like a, i don't know maybe i've gone on a bit of a rant there about a really minor point but i think it just it summed up how i felt about a lot of the season in that there's it felt like there were ideas there but it felt like they didn't really think like twice about them um yeah like I I don't know, I, this might be a really obscure example, but it made me think of stuff I turned in when I was at university and doing modules on script writing. And I could remember my script writing teacher would quite often give feedback of things like, this is a really good idea, but it feels like a first draft. Like there's not, there's more tension you can wring out of this if you want to spend time working on it. And it would be like, you know, this is, you can get a good grade for this if you submit it now, but it can be like a, set, a two, one or a first if you do this extra like teasing out of more of the story that's kind of how i felt with this like if i'd written the script and given it to him i think it would have been like you know it's it's all right you'll get a passing grade but it could be brilliant if you just tease out these little extra bits of extra bits of drama and extra bits of development mm. and it just it annoyed me that <laughs> there were those like niggling moments where i was like oh this could be brilliant and it's just not quite there Mm. Sounds very similar. You could be describing Mando season three there as well. <laughs> Maybe I am. <laughs> oh yeah. Something that I don't know. This will, this point will make sense in a second. Mm. Have you guys seen Gavin and Stacey before? Yeah. Mm. Right. So 
Uh, did we not have this discussion before? Remember, like, <laughs> yeah, this? Up we were talking I about think Amber, we might yeah. have done. So, <laughs> I don't particularly share this view, but a lot of people do that mm-hmm. Gavin and Stacey are the worst characters in Gavin and Stacey. Yeah. Yes. I kind of feel this way about Bad Batch. I feel like the episodes that don't involve the main... I don't include Crosshair in this, by the way, because he's not really with them. I mm. feel like the main batch... I feel like the best episodes in this season is when they ventured out to Crosshair on his own. Yeah. Or yeah. Cody out and about. And I feel like those episodes were a lot stronger than the ones when it was just the batch out doing their thing. Yeah. yeah. I think I the bad that. batch are like a good window onto other right. lives. Like when the episode where they meet Gunji the Wookiee, um, I thought that was a really strong episode because you got hmm. like the bad batch kind of introduced you to another world. Hmm. But when it's, yeah, when it's just the batch, there's a little bit of like, it's almost like they need someone else in there to bounce off of them. Well, that but that's what I thought that, you know, we've spent a lot of time already with that that crew mm. in season one, sort of exploring their relationships together and exploring their outlooks on life and in general, like what what is their purpose and and growing as a as a as a collective. So I feel like, yeah, a lot of times we were just going over old ground through the mm. season and the times when we were looking through more the representation of clones in the galaxy when we were mm. looking at you know how crosshair now feels about the empire going forward yeah th- those were the ones which gave us a different perspective that we haven't seen before yeah i agree I completely it, i don't know if it was intentional but it feels like they didn't have a lot i don't know maybe it was intentional they didn't really have a much of a plan they just were aimlessly working for SIDS and just meeting ends meets without having mm. I guess that's where that art came from with the you know the really good two parter they had in the middle of the season. Mm. You know the one I mean uh which one was that? Is that the one a, where they get stuck on the mine planet? I'm trying to find the names of the episodes. It was the clone conspiracy oh, that uh, oh yes 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 truth yes, and yes. consequences. Mm. That was good. That right, was, so that basically good. the the clones of realized that the empire destroyed Camino mm. and they're trying to get to like the bottom of it but um the empire obviously don't want that coming out mm. yeah that was the point in the season where i like got back into it again where i woke mm. up and thought oh actually this is really good yeah um yeah it just seemed to take a while to get there because <laughs> that that's what the far the far <clears throat> i remember watching the first episode of bad batch the really long one it was like an hour 20 minutes mm. and I was like blown away by how good it, the first episode was of season mm. one. Yeah, mm. yeah. I feel like that's been its strongest part when it is looking at the empire and the phasing out of the clones, etc. Mm. Yeah, Mm-mm. yeah. It's it's just another perspective we haven't seen before, and also like <clears throat> in different media, we've kind of kind of we we sort of have glimpses of what happened to the clone army, but we mm. it's not really been explored too much in canon. So it's just really interesting to see how. It all intertwines and how like especially later on in the season when we get a glimpse of the high-ranking officers like Krennic and mm. and all of these people like how that all fitted into their plans and how they organized that whole thing like actually seeing those little meetings with Tarkin and things were really good I enjoyed those mm. and I think I with the batch oh, sorry go, Colin no you go <laughs> and I think with the batch you do get this really fascinating kind of insight because you're not like they, yeah, all of the clones are soldiers who were bred for war and now the war's over. And there's a question of like what happens to them. But I think, especially the batch, because they're like genetically enhanced for combat and for commando operations and stuff, you really get that sense, especially when they land on Pabu later in the season and they're thinking about setting up home there. And they're like so out of 
out of place there because they're like this isn't what we've no everything we've known has been the battlefield yeah and now our life has changed it's it's a really fascinating perspective i think for me that you do get to see this like what happens to them after the war yeah um mm. yeah i i just find that really interesting i love that this show explores that because i don't think you do get to see that elsewhere mm. something that i wasn't sure about was the the scheduling of these shows how they were running at the same time on the mm. same day mm. part of me wonders mm. either are they just that that's the only way they could fit it in but is there a case that they're both kind of looking at leading towards like cloning and things right? there mm. maybe was a reason why they were running at the same time because there was like aspects of the the, the storylines and the seasons which eventually link into palpatine returning that's a good good point yeah i think so i think there was um i think it was certainly a point when um yeah they go to mount tatnis for either mm. the first or the second time i think that sort of coincided with some other clone plot lines in in the mandalorian so it could well be um i can't quite remember any other star wars tv series releasing on any other day other than wednesday unless anyone can mm. correct me has that has that ever happened it has it always been wednesday <laughs> I thought Mando used to come out on a Friday. Like I think it used, oh, it, be, might... it used mm. to be Friday up until Kenobi. I think then they moved that to then... Wednesdays for some reason. Right. I quite like, I quite like it. It gives you a, a midweek treat to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. find it annoying. It releases like an hour before I start work. <laughs> like, I don't have time to watch it. And i got to spend the whole day not looking at Twitter. I, know. I was terrified of spoilers for Mando. Yeah. yeah. Just, I ended up watching it on my lunch break at work because I was like, I'm going to stop. <laughs> Something's going to get spoiled here. I always hate those because I, I just hate the idea of, well, I hate just having your phone on lockdown for like a whole mm. day, but you're just trying to avoid everything possible. I remember when like I would try and follow like sports events and try to avoid those. And it, you would be <laughs> yeah. like, right, I have to delete Twitter, Instagram, because it, it would come up as, as you refresh the page, you'd be like a picture of whatever's mm. like as some sort of spoiler <laughs> or it'll come up on B, like a BBC news headline at the top of your phone. It's so annoying. My friend um, told me the other day that he set up a um, a separate Twitter account that's like just for following stuff that's not related to something like sport or a TV show. So that if he's not caught up on something, you can just log into that account, read everything he wants to, and then he doesn't see any of the spoilers. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, I need to do that. That's so that's so useful. useful. It's so much extra work, but it feels necessary now. It's weird though, isn't it? That James, that what, like, why did why did they not um, feel like what? Surely, if you were to not release the Bad Batch on say a Monday. And then the Mandalorian on Wednesday or Thursday, and evenly space that out, like yeah. space out the hype evenly across a week. Like surely that I, I don't know. It is it is strange though, isn't it? Just mm. sort of putting boxing it all on one day, but maybe it was just the Titans with with the. Plot. You could you could do a you could do an episode on that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, good indeed. I, Wars, I did find Wars it. Scheduling. Yeah, I did find it weird that they released on the same day because it. Did seem to kind of it felt like it took the impact away from whichever one you didn't watch first exactly um mm. or like i'd watch one first and like i'd think about the second one more or something like that mm. um but yeah i mm. did just do some sneaky detective work um and looked at the schedules and the mandalorian started the same week that the bad batch episode with the zillow beast clone happened ah. so i think you might be onto something colin i think it is that they yes. were like that they started at that point where the clone story started coming in yeah, and, and then obviously cloning was a big part of the Mandalorian. So, and you had make it as a detective. <laughs> <laughs> Crack the case. There, there was an interesting part um, 
Mando's naturally the one people would look forward to the most, but mm. there was a, a part in the season, I think it was the weakest Mando episodes. Mm. I, there was a point where I actually looked forward to Bad Batch more out of the two. I think there was like two weeks. I think it was like particularly strong Bad Batch episodes and slightly weaker Mando episodes that I was actually yeah. enjoying yeah. Bad Batch more on a couple mm. of occasions. Mm. Yeah, it was nice having the option. The, op- the mm. option of which one to watch. I never quite had that before, but we almost felt so spoiled for Star Wars stuff, didn't we, for a while? It was like, my goodness. Cost so much. We were talking, Adam, before you came on, and I was like, oh, there's no Star Wars this week, like this week, but there is next week. So it's like, mm. there's literally like a two-week gap between content. Remember when yeah. we were growing up? Remember when we were growing yeah. up and we had like however many years between Revenge of the Sith and Force Awakens now? Yeah. Now we're bothered. <laughs> like a couple of weeks is excruciating. When we were, what age would we have been? About 17, 16, 17. Me and Paul mm. went to the cinema where we lived to see the Clone Wars movie in the cinema. <laughs> yeah. I never went to see that in the cinema. It completely passed either. me by. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. weird. Like 10 years between kind of live action stuff and now we're like, oh yeah, two weeks without Star Wars. It sucks. <laughs> right. It's quite interesting that we've been talking about the schedule of the episodes because mm. we spent a reasonable portion of the Bad Batch discussion talking about it in comparison to Mandalorian. So it's, yeah. it's, it's quite interesting how that was done. Yeah. Mm. I think this is a good point for me to ask my questions. So I said to you at the start, give you a bit of thinking time. Mm-hmm. So there's favourite moment, character and episode for Bad Batch Season 2. Okay. So who wants to go first? Uh, you two? Adam, you go um, first. You're first alphabetically. Um, Okay, <laughs> so it do, was, do, um, do, do, do your moment, and we'll all do our moment, and then we'll do a character, then episode. Does that work? Sounds good. Okay, sounds good. Um, I would say that um, I think my favorite episode has probably got to be um, Crosshair's Crosshair's sort of reversal, if that makes sense. When he mm. when he uncovers the other clone regiment, and he's forced to save the. Um, the other one um and i don't know there was something about that episode which just felt very poignant on many levels um it, i think just that final shot of him carrying that clone through the snow mm. and falling to his knees and i remember there being this really dramatic sort of um violin music in the background that created this sort of sense of dread about what was about to happen and just seeing how Crosshair's sort of been destroyed and broken down to the point where he's pleading with that superior mm. to rescue him. Um, I just remember that that being like really powerful, and I remember feeling really somewhat emotional a little bit after that. Um, and then obviously him deciding to then yeet that guy <laughs> <laughs> in the last moment um, was sort of like I didn't expect that to happen. Actually, I didn't expect him to really turn on the empire that quickly. Mm. So when it did happen, it was like, oh my gosh, wow. Um, but yeah, that episode for me, um, I can't remember what it was called. Um, but James, if you have the list up, I was just about <laughs> I to think refer it's to the, you. I think it's the outpost. The outpost. Yes, the outpost. Yeah, yeah. We'll go with that one. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. And James, what was your favorite Bad Batch season two episode? Uh, conveniently, the outpost. <laughs> um, 
that's, that's why you two do the podcast together. <laughs> yeah. well, normally we have completely opposite opinions. It's weird for us to agree on something. Not um, always. Not always. Sometimes we come up with rare, the, some, Sometimes we come up with the same what if stories. That's that's very true. <laughs> yeah, I I really love that episode for like the same reasons of just you saw like Crosshair's character. Um, I think just that like that time he spent alone in the snow with with Mayday it was as if everything was just kind of stripped away from Crosshair, like all of the posturing and all of the, the fear and and everything that he kind of built up around himself over the course of season one. It's just, you got the core of his character of just someone who wants to be part of something, like someone who feels a brotherhood. And when the Empire comes between him and his clone brothers, like, yeah, you just saw him snap. And I, I thought that episode was brilliant. I, it was so compelling watching that. But I always, I always thought that um, with Crosshair, it was always a case of, you know, he wanted to obviously be with some sort of family, but mm. he seemed to always choose, um, he always used, he always seemed to choose the winning side more than anything else. Yes. He was, he was always more interested in his own self-interest and survival mm. and what was going to be the best way to do that. Um, so as that episode sort of was that, was the cracking of that realization of yeah. wow i actually am not safe here like, yeah I, like i am under threat from the empire here and yeah you know, i need to do something about it finally yeah it was that moment where he realized like they they are just using me like for all they for all they make it look like i'm part of them they are just using me yeah and, like i'm not going to survive with them any more than i would by myself yeah well did you find that in advance <laughs> no <laughs> no it you didn't i feel like i should pick another episode now just to be contrary are you gonna no, say the outpost as well colin no i'm gonna give a big shout out to the two-parter we discussed there earlier the yeah mm. conspiracy and truth and consequences particularly when uh, palpatine makes his dramatic appearance at the oh end of yes that episode but i'm gonna go for a bit of an outlier not one that people would expect and <laughs> Paul in our podcast, Paul's known to love the kind of the mental episodes with all the action, whereas I like mm. the quieter ones. I really enjoyed uh, Pabu. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I that just quite good. liked them just taking a breath and going to live in this like kind of tropical island, uh, and just that sense that something was going to go wrong. And yeah, I liked that it was just kind of like. It was like a more of a, a natural disaster, but it also gave that hint. It's a bit like the Sanctuary episode of Mandalorian. Mm. They go to like the village yeah. and he, he has a, a look at what his life could be like if he stepped away from the battle. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just I quite really, enjoyed that it was, one. It was really beautifully done, wasn't it? There was just there was lovely music. It was lovely art, art in the background. There were some really cute moments and wholesome moments when Omega finds that little friend finally to go and play with mm. and go sailing with together. Um, <laughs> did you see that they, well, at least what I thought, that they introduced sushi for the first time in Star Wars in that episode <laughs> where they're sitting down for dinner and there's just all these like sushi rolls on the plate, which I really found. I love that. I would need to watch it again. I think it must just be a moisture farm thing for looking at the really tiny details. <laughs> we always swap food in Star Wars. I just loved we how like so suddenly yeah. it turned from you know they arrived and um Fee was like, Come stay here, it's beautiful. We got lovely weather, lovely food, people for Omega to play with. And then like the flood sirens start going off and they're like, Oh yeah, we also have these periodic floods that just destroy <laughs> half the island. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I like, put I that first on the brochure. 
they're trying to get everybody up the yeah bringing the the ladders down and everything like that mm. you know what you know what that reminded me of that sort of reminded me of when um they all have to evacuate minus minus tariff or get everyone to the higher grounds in yeah Lord of the Rings. just sort of that that ring around or at least trying mm. to just get up that massive hill if that makes sense yeah but what but yeah I mean, I, I think also that episode in, on Pabu sort of feeds into what James was saying about, like, yeah, what do the what are the clones' purpose when they're away from war? Mm. And that really did sort of, you know, look into that a little bit. But, yeah. I know Paul Paul wasn't that keen on that episode, I remember, but Paul doesn't really like happy, quiet episodes. <laughs> Paul likes the shooty-shooty. Yeah, shooty-shooty, bang-bang. Shooty-shooty. So the second one was... And yeah, James, you could go first this time mm -hmm. if you want. Okay. If you get a tie. So who was your favorite character in season two? Um, actually, speaking of the Pabu episode, it was Hunter. Um and in mm. the shift, I've never really like been interested in his character before until the Pabu episode, because there was a point where he was I think where like Rekka was starting to kind of get in with the community and Omega was making friends. And there was this look on Hunter's face of like he's not comfortable there and something is wrong. Mm. Um, and it was the first time I'd ever really appreciated his special skill being his like enhanced senses. Mm. Um, because I just realized like when he's on the battlefield, he's obviously so used to hearing threats and sensing threats around him. And like his entire kind of worldview is based around protecting himself and his group. And now suddenly he's in the situation where he doesn't have to watch out for threats because everything is safe and fine. And like that makes him so on edge that there's no danger that he can tell coming. Mm -mm. I just thought that was so fascinating. Like the first time I saw Hunter's character and thought, oh, I get you. Like mm. I get what's going through your head right now. Yeah. I didn't really think of that as him using that's quite interesting. I didn't really think yeah. of that him using yeah. his senses there. I thought more he was just an overthinker <laughs> and a bit kind of on edge in general. <laughs> it's sort of like um yeah. the idea of like hypervigilance like anyone who's ever had any kind of anxiety problems before you kind of know this feeling of like it's way more comforting when you know that you're in danger because you're like oh i'm expecting danger and i can mm. see where the threats are so i can plan for them whereas mm. when you're in a completely normal environment you're like i feel so on edge because i know there's going to be danger because i believe there's danger around every corner but i can't see where it is and that's mm. more terrifying and i kind of thought that's like that seemed to be what Hunter was thinking of. Like, I know that something's going to go wrong here. I know we're going to be in, in danger. I just can't see where it is. Like, I can't see the Imperial dropship coming or the kind of big monster that's going to come out of the sea or something. But I know it's there somewhere. Yeah. And like, yeah, I just realized, like, Hunter's never going to settle down. He's never going to be able to, unless he sees a therapist. I, like, he could really do with a good <laughs> therapist. That'd be a good place to put in a plug to better help. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> and if you're a hunter, you can get a discount on better health with the code seismic cinema. It's a shame we don't actually have any sponsors yet, but maybe um so Adam of yourself, what who's your favourite character in this season? Well, I think I've I think I've already touched on Crosshair quite a lot this season, so mm. I feel like I'm sort of going over lost ground by talking about him, really. So, I mean, for all the reasons that we've said, um, Crosshair is someone who, um, in like his instinct is to find the best way to survive and to to win at all costs. And this season, he very much looked into the abyss, and he very much saw that all the things that he was led to believe were not going to be instrumental to his survival. Um, and really at, deep at his core, he really did just want a found family. He really did want a brother brotherhood, which he grew up with. And, and 
And I do wonder, um, you know, I, I wonder whether um, the chips, the chip had something to do with it and whether that's still somewhat controlling mm. him or influencing some of his decision making at some point earlier in the season or later in season one. Um, but I just love all those little moments you get with Crosshair through through the season where he just questions those little decisions. Is it wasn't um wasn't there an episode um the one where he gets sent on the sort of assassination or ex exfil um mm. or uh, or like a retrieval mission where he goes yeah. to a planet to um and then that one and that one officer that one imperial stormtrooper just shoots the person rather than taking them in mm. alive and he remember him just just having that little moment where he questions it that that mm. decision you know and th that's weird you almost think that crosshair would be the person to pull the trigger really yeah. um but um no he does question it and yeah um i'm and yeah getting all the way to the finale where suddenly we suddenly we see a broken a broken person really with mm. not knowing where his future lies and not knowing where his purpose is and feeling lost and i think he's probably the one one person other than possibly the argument could be made for omega or maybe tech um the one who's grown the most or learnt the most throughout the season so we'll go with him well i'm gonna match up with adam this time i'm gonna go for crosshair as well um, yes i just feel like <laughs> All the best episodes were the ones where he either had a starring role or mm. a more minor role, like when he's he's um, in prison. But I just feel like he probably has the most interesting character in the whole show across the two seasons. And maybe the reason they've held him back a bit this season is because season three is gonna he's going to be in it a lot. Mm. I hope so. I was really awesome. worried that he wasn't going to make it out of season two alive for some reason. Like when he got taken to that facility, mm -hmm. I thought, oh, is he going to die at the end of the season? But luckily, he's still alive. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, well I think I've got a couple of honorable mentions. Um, mm -hmm. I really loved Cody's speech in the episode he was in, and it was really yeah. great to see him again. It's always good to see Cody. Is it, was, he, was he just standing? Was he looking at like a, a war memorial or something like that? Mm -hmm. He gave a really mm -hmm. good speech. And the not a good character, but like a really evil character, the, the kind of doctor guy. Forget his oh, name. Oh, yeah. What was his name? In the last few episodes. Oh, come on. Where is it? Oh, what Do is his name? Yeah. Dr. Hemlock. His yes, Dr. With Hemlock. a really quiet voice. <laughs> like, so kind of softly spoken. No, oh, well. So, well, last thing before mm -hmm. we, we scoosh over to the Mandoverse is have you got a favorite moment? So, we'll start with Adam. Have you got a favorite, like, scene or favorite? one-off moment that kind of comes to mind for the from season two um i'm not entirely sure i actually i'm just going to sift through the the episode list for a little bit so i might just <laughs> hand this to james quickly so james do you want to do you want to take cheating it you haven't done your homework <laughs> i well unfortunately adam i'm going to be really quick with this because <laughs> i've got okay it's not like a whole scene it's just one tiny moment in the very first episode um when they're on that beach planet uh, like running away, I think it's Hunter, Wrecker, and Echo or Tech. I can't remember which one it is. They're running away from the like giant crabs, and they call for Omega and Tech to come and pick them up. And Tech swings the ship round, and there's like Omega's hanging off the side on this big cable, shooting at the crabs. And Hunter just goes in his comlink and says, "Why is Omega hanging off the side of the ship?" 
And there's like something in the way he said it. I just thought, yeah, this he's asked that question too many times and he is sick of <laughs> asking it. Like she is always hanging off the side of the ship. And I just, I loved that. I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was like a bit of that kind of passage of time of like, they've gone on so many of these missions yeah. and Omega's constantly getting into trouble and Hunter's like, stop encouraging her. <laughs> It's a it's a clever way to show that that passing mm. of time. Talk about passing of time, Adam. Have you got an answer now? <laughs> <laughs> um, I so, tried to vamp I mean, the time as much as I could. You, you tried to vamp very very much. So I didn't expect you to be done that quickly. Um, <laughs> I I I didn't. I suppose um, I suppose all of I will put it this way. I'll I'll say the ones that I that weren't my favourites. Um, now who's vamping for time? Now I'm vamping for time. <laughs> the one where they went to the planet with the dome where mm. they had to investigate the droid um the droid incursion or the yeah. droid malfunctions which had the cameos of jack black in it that one was certainly an interesting trip you, um, you're on the wrong, you're on the wrong show we're still talking about bad bats yeah oh yes of course yeah <laughs> <laughs> i thought you moved on sorry you're i was totally so down. hard you've gone for another tv god show damn it. god damn it <laughs> So, oh, fair enough. Favorite moment in the Bad Batch? Oh dear. Well, it's probably the it's it's probably the the bit where Tech falls at the penultimate mm. episode. Probably. <laughs> um, I mean, there was a lot of good stuff in that episode. There was oh, of course, there was Saw Gerrera that popped up in that one, wasn't there? Mm who was, I did not expect to see whatsoever. And of course we got to see more of the Imperial officers in the tower. Um, mm. But um, well, of course, just all of the emotional growth that tech does throughout that season um, obviously leads to that moment and seeing, um, uh, I forget his name, um, the uh, uh, wrecker, of course, who mm. just looks at him as he falls. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's just was emotionally, <laughs> impactful i remember um I, I messaged james and i i accidentally watched those two last episodes in the wrong order because for some reason like <laughs> I, I, I i i i must have either i don't know whether they got both got released on the same day or whether i just yeah, I think they left did. it did they did they so yeah. i didn't expect there to be two so i just went to the latest episode and watched the final one and was like oh they must have just started off just hanging off the edge of this it's like a cold tram line <laughs> And there was a whole that, other episode that I missed. That must. Did you go back and watch the other one? Yeah, I did. After after I found out, yeah, it must have been a real anticlimax. It really was. <laughs> I was like, I missed all of this. <laughs> what's, what's even happening? Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. No, my favorite moment. It wasn't my original favorite moment. I can't remember what that was. Mm. Anyway, um, I wrote the opening to the Zelo Beast episode when you mm. when you realize what it is that's like causing all this carnage because I absolutely loved the the two episodes on the Zillow Beast from Clone Wars. Mm. And like one where it goes gets loose in Coruscant and causes chaos. <laughs> um, I always really enjoyed that episode. So I really liked seeing the, the Zillow Beast again. That oh, was a bit that stood out to me. Oh those were really good ones. And there was that element of horror at the beginning of the Zillow Beast episode, yeah. which felt very much out of like the film Alien, didn't it? It did feel like when they're going through the ship it. and you're like, I can yeah. see that they've done something, but I can't see what it is yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, get, doing an hour on two shows was very <laughs> adventurous. So I think we should jump on to Mando and see mm -hmm. where we go from there. 
So I'm okay. going to share some of Paul's thoughts because they got a few giggles the last time. <laughs> Paul seems to think he's funny. So Mando Postus loves seeing all of the different Mandalorian armors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's an episode for you, dissecting all the different armors. <laughs> that you can see. Mm. Uh, Mandalorian's combat dropping. Wow, wow, wow. Awesome. <laughs> that feeds into what you were saying about Paul loving the shooty-shooty. Yes. <laughs> Acting was great, especially Bo-Katan, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Action set pieces were fantastically executed. More space battles this season. It really put mm. the star in Star mm. Wars. Paul didn't say that, but I said that. <laughs> Blood... He spoke to you about this before. Blood Sapper Trapper was a great creature. Wish I had more background. I think Paul's putting a bit of pressure on you guys to do an episode on that thing. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Imperial remnants and seeing the Praetorian guards. Mm. Yep. Yep. And Negatus Grogu felt sidelined slash shoehorned in. And I think there was kind of writing reasons for that. Uh, IG 11 side story felt a bit underwhelming. I'm a bit mixed on that. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. Yep. Wasn't a fan of the pirates' costume design, Jack Sparrow esque. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the cameos took me out of it a bit. Felt like I wasn't watching Star Wars, but didn't mind the acting itself. So I would agree with that. Although Jack Black mm. does take me out of it, I thought he actually did a decent job as the character of Captain Bombardier. Yeah. Yes. I feel like he yeah. was the least Jack Black I've ever seen him in anything. <laughs> like Very you true. expect when you get Jack Black, he's just going to be doing like a kind of massive caricature of himself. Yeah. But then, yeah, he just seemed like he was Jack Black playing a character, which I thought was quite cool. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm going to fight Paul on any of those things. I think I <laughs> agree with him on all of them. Oh, well, yeah, Paul, so be glad, Paul be glad to know that. I'm looking forward to Paul <laughs> watching this when he gets a chance once it's, <laughs> once it's out in the ether. Um, so, yeah, so somewhere before, um, just general discussion. Um, you said at the start, <clears throat> James, that... Mm-hmm. You weren't that crazy on either season, so it'd be interested to see your thoughts. I was, I must admit, pretty mixed on this. There's, I think, maybe mm. three mm. or four I really liked and four that weren't as strong. Mm. But I'm one of those annoying people that even if I don't like... I'll like bits of every episode and every film. Mm. Like, you can't say you've watched a Star Wars film or show and hated every single bit of it. Do you yeah, agree with sure. that? Yeah. What was something? Yeah. Like, even the holiday. Bits I liked. There's always something you can take from it. <laughs> yeah, I think this season was like um, a similar sort of feeling to the Bad Batch, where it just felt like there were a few bits where they didn't really know where they were going. Um, and again, like whole episodes where I finished it and thought, what was the point of that? Um, and Bad Batch, I think you said this maybe before we started recording, Colin. It's uh, the Mandalorian story is better than the Bad Batch sometimes at like tying it all together at the end. So that when you get to the finale, you think, oh, okay, I see why they did that episode. But I think even this time, I was still a little bit like, I see why they did that episode, but also it didn't feel like the best way they could have done it. Like the IG-11 mm-hmm. stuff, I don't know if this is what Paul meant with it being underwhelming, but I just thought by the end of it, it's like, so there was a whole episode about Din going to like pick up IG-11 to mm-hmm. set up this subplot just so that IG-11 comes back to be the Marshal of Navarro. I thought, did it have to be IG-11? Like, they could have yeah. introduced a new character rather than have, like, a whole side plot of trying to fix this droid. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. I I did have mixed feelings, but there was a lot I loved in the season. Um, mm. 
I think it's the first time that I just like I spoke to some people who aren't mega Star Wars fans who watch the show anyway, Mm. and all of them kind of said the same thing of like this feels kind of aimless. I don't really know where it's going. Mm. Um, I thought it's interesting hearing that from people outside of like the Star Wars Twitter bubble for a while. My 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 dad watches all of the Mandalorian and he's seen Mm. most of the films. He's watched he's not watched the animated shows, but he's watched all the kind of live action shows. So Mm. I like speaking to him and seeing his thoughts as well. Yeah, it's um, good getting that reaction outside of like mega Star Wars fans, isn't it? So mm. you and Paul weren't that keen on IG eleven, but what did you make of IG twelve? <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't get the point of it. I don't know why Grogu needed a mech walker for because like all he ever did was with it. it yeah, <laughs> like, all, all he ever did when it like on Mandalore, especially when he used it in the battle, was just like take a blaster off a stormtrooper or yeah. like separate those two Mandalorians fighting on the mm-hmm. ship. And I'm like, Grogu can use the Force. He doesn't yeah. need this. No, there was a lot. There was a lot of there was a lot of donning suits, and maybe yeah. that was his Mandalorian armor in a sense. That's a good shout. So that was his sort of. Yeah, yeah. It, would made, it would have made more sense if they hadn't destroyed it in the finale. And now he's back yeah. to just Grogu again. Mm. Yeah, but then like. He blew up, G11 blew up at the end of season one. And then, like, what was left of him was, what, a torso and a bit of his head. Oh, God, it's the terrifying oh, wow. baby again. That's very good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, it's so cute and so scary. Um, yeah, like, all that was left of him was, like, a torso and a head. And they, fit, like, replaced the limbs and stuff and made IG-12. And then, I don't know if anyone else noticed this, when he fought the Praetorian Guards of Mandalore, they sliced the suit up again. Yeah, and so it's like when he comes back at the finale, I was like, "How much of that is IG Eleven, and how much of it is just other bits of other droid? Like, is it a kind of ship of thieves? It's the only, where... only falls in horses joke. Yeah, it? it's triggers broom. <laughs> it's triggers broom. It's more a machine now than man. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised he didn't walk in though and say, "I'm IG Thirteen now." Um, I don't know if that's how droid numbering works though. I I didn't mind as much the IG Twelve of it all. I thought it was mm. quite cool, and it's going to sell a. A lot of action figures. Oh, for sure. I yeah. feel like IG 11 sacrifice in season one finale was like top five moments of Mandalorian for me. And mm. Absolutely. High, high up in Star Wars in general. Yeah. yeah. All the media. Now that he's back, I don't think he needs it to be back, to be honest. Yeah. I, yeah. I felt quite emotional when I saw the statue. Mm, I thought that yeah. was really cool. That was nice. But nah, I hope. Yeah, I just think it would have been nice if it was like a new character that had been introduced, or if it's someone like um, like Carson Teva, the X-wing pilot, if he'd agreed to be the marshal or some Cop- like Cop- flesh Cop- out a character. Yeah, or Cobb okay. Land. Um, right. Here's, here's yeah. a here's a head. So Grogu okay. obviously was there during IG Eleven sacrifice, so maybe it was in a sense motivated him to make his own jump to help and rescue Din during those mm. final moments. Maybe that was his own version of that self-sacrifice. Maybe. Maybe. It would have been cool if IG-11 or IG-12's weapon systems are still working and you that got to see cool. like an assassin droid going up against the three Praetorian guards. Yeah, yeah. I kind of was a little bit disappointed when, it said, yeah. when he did say, like, oh, all the weapon systems are disabled. I went, oh, really? <laughs> I was oh, expecting okay. that to be a wink. Like, all of them are disabled apart oh. from the rocket launchers. Although... Although it was quite, what did you what did you think about his little rampage through the market, squeezing all the lemons and the, and the grapefruits or whatever it was? That was just felt a bit bonkers, but I kind of liked it in a joke, like a jokey, like I don't know, 
what is a grubbit sense? Yeah, it felt a little bit like teenage Grogu. Like it reminded me of um, like teenage Groot a little bit, where yeah. he's kind of arguing back against Din more and trying to do more stuff by himself. You sent, you, sent, that. You, you sent me the picture of, of it being like <laughs> the wrong trousers from Wallace and Gromit. It did make me think of that. <laughs> the, the acid test for, I find, when you watch something of whether you care or not, mm. is how you feel when they're in peril. Like, see, mm. with Grogu and Din in the last two episodes, I had this overwhelming sense of anxiety yeah. of what was going to yeah. happen to them because there was so much on the internet and, and other people's podcasts, like I thought Dan was going to die because mm. the rumors of Pedro mm. Pascal not being that happy at the moment with the show, mm. both Dan getting put into the kind of leading role. Mm. I really did fear for Dan, not so much Grogu because he's the the cash cow of the franchise. So it was like <laughs> did you did you guys think Dan might have met his end in the end of season three? Or did yeah. Because I I was um when we were at Star Wars Celebration, I was surprised they didn't announce anything about season four of The Mandalorian. And then I watched the penultimate episode and thought, ah, maybe they didn't say anything because Din Djarin dies at the end of the season. Um, I was glad that he didn't, but I did genuinely worry they were going to kill him. Mm. I, 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 I did. I, yeah, I did worry for a little bit. Um, there were sort of there were hints that. Din was whole like passing a lot of things over to Bo-Katan. Yeah. And lots of responsibility and lots of things like the Darksaber, for example, which kind of felt that there was a passing of, mm. the, I don't know, of responsibility, which meant, yeah, he might eat it. <laughs> but yeah. like, he didn't. <laughs> and there's always a feeling of like, has his story kind of run its course? Like, has he done everything he can do? And then after that point, the next thing that I just think of is like, oh, we'll kill him in a noble sacrifice or a tragic <laughs> battle or something. I did think earlier in the season, um, especially when he gets sort of ambushed in the cave by the weird mm. spider droid thingy, that my goodness, he's sort of he's lost his his mojo a little <laughs> bit, hasn't he? He just kept getting his ass handed to it at every single possibility. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what's happened to season one, Din? It's like oh, that bit in the book of Boba Fett when he returns and he's fighting the people in the butchers, um, like the kind of abattoir scene with the dark saber, and it's like yeah, he's still doing it, but he's not quite on his game anymore i suppose because he spent so much time being a dad what did you what, what did you think of that little, um spider alien droid thingy i thought it was grievous reincarnated yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm still interested to know what that thing is because mm. there's it had, I don't like think the eye we... like an organic eye in there or something i don't even think there's a wikipedia wikipedia article on it i heard that, i heard a rumor is. i had a rumor you guys are doing an episode on it <laughs> Do be what if the crab droid became the next ruler of Mandalore? It was it was horrible though to see all those things it was in, he was injecting into Din. Mm. It felt very dark that episode in that way. I'm trying to find it on Wikipedia now, and I'm not finding anything. Yeah, we'll have to do a we'll have to do an episode on it at some point. What's your what are your thoughts on the whole? Dark Saber, the the passing to Bo-Katan, and then the ultimate destruction. I've I've seen a lot mm. of people liken it to the Elder One <laughs> situation in the Harry Potter franchise. Yes. yes, yes. I was surprised they destroyed it. I really wasn't expecting them to break the Dark Saber. No, it's a bit like yeah. when they destroyed the Razor Crest, which I still haven't forgiven yeah. them. For. <laughs> I guess as well. Like, I guess it's similar as well to like when Luke loses his father's lightsaber the empire strikes back like at that point the lightsaber was lost forever 
yeah it's quite a shocking thing to see like this really important weapon destroyed um yeah i just wasn't expecting them to especially if dave filoni is involved with the show like i don't know whether he created the dark saber but he's got a lot of ownership over it mm. through clone wars and rebels i was really surprised like that must take a lot of um a lot of humility to be like yep i'll break it it was it, it, sorry yeah go on. You go. no i was just saying i heard someone say that um the droid at the end of the Ahsoka trailer the one from clone wars Mm. be able to re like fix it oh oh um dr um david tennant's character yeah <laughs> dr yeah. david tennant i was gonna say it's like dr what <laughs> dr who <laughs> it was um i mean it was it's good that they've done it in a sense that now no one is going to have the ability to wield it and maybe mm. yeah take over mandalore um who is unworthy or it's or it's nice to see that the different factions of Mandalore won't be fighting over it or won't be disputing mm. who's the leader anymore like that has come to an end finally yeah. um so yeah it was a, a a fitting way to usher in the new age of the man of, of Mandalore mm. but um yeah it was sad to see it go but, but it, it know, kind of it felt like it yeah. kind of felt like the way that Bo-Katan led everybody to take back Mandalore though like I imagine for the people who are in that battle with her, the Dark Saber doesn't really matter anymore. Like, True. I don't think anyone's going to watch what Bo-Katan did and say, "Yeah, but you lost the Dark Saber, so I'm not following you anymore." Like, <laughs> you led us all in here. You took back this planet. Don't really care if you have the magic sword. No, True. There was a, there was a lot of signs like Mando or Din never really been able to use it properly. It was always a mm. sign that he wasn't going to be the one to use it. Because I saw people, some people say, "Why can Bo-Katan use it? He can't." Well. She's used it for years, like previously. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, I always forget uh, she had it for a while. And there's yeah. but there's that there's always been that kind of discussion. It's a bit like the the Iron Man quote of like, if you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't mm, wear it. That kind yeah. of idea. Yeah. Mm, so, that's true. Maybe maybe that's where they're going with it. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think it's there, there's a quote, isn't there? Somebody <laughs> says, um, Oh, is it Gideon who says, what are Mandalorians without their little trinkets and mm. things like that? Well, they <laughs> they are more than capable of, of leading without their trinkets. I had sure. to hold myself together because I was in work, but there was just seeing the finale. I don't know your thoughts on the finale in general, but just I just found it so emotional when like Grogu was fighting alongside Din and yes, you're just you're just so on edge, and then Bo-Katan joins them, and she's like, "We're all going to do this together," and then mm. they recreate the kind of fire, like the Grogu fire I, spell from season one. I think there's, there's so many great moments from that episode, like going from like even Din's um, takedown, <clears throat> excuse me, takedown of all the Imperial troopers mm. um, during that hallway scene. Where um, Chopper has to come in and 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 take down each ray shield <laughs> at one one point at a time. That was amazing. Did like... you say Chopper? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean Skippy? You mean Skippy? Skippy. R five. R five. Is it R five? Yeah. Yeah. That's Skippy. R five. The best little scare droid. Yeah. The scare. My scare droid in in the universe. Uh. <laughs> like yeah just seeing him take down all of those imperial stormtroopers was just mm. absolutely incredible but then also seeing the praetorian guards um once again um taking on din mm. but then seeing grugu take them on alongside him sort of gives you another perspective and different appreciation or yeah different like having seen them from the last jedi um you sort of 
yeah they i don't know it, it's just nice to see them in a different environment and um and yeah um sorry i think i'm gonna ramble on a little bit james <laughs> yeah go on save me here yeah that that scene or the sequence where he's taking down the stormtroopers in the hallway like what is it with hallways and being really cool scenes in star wars um i know that was just so the way he was like he starts off with nothing and then picks up like a shield or something and then he takes like the the vibro knife and then the baton and then like just works his way through there getting stronger each time it had a it had um, a real um it had a real video game moment didn't it or sort yeah. of like when you when you learn the different things on the skill tree throughout, yeah. throughout the game and suddenly you get each opportunity to use them all yeah it's, it felt like that but like not in a way that like you're watching someone play a video game it felt like you were doing it um yeah it was so cool and the yeah. the moment towards the end of the like big mandalore battle when the base was exploding and Din and Bo both just jumped in front of Grogu to protect him from the fire. I thought that was just like one of my favorite moments from the show generally was just because like you can tell in their brains there are no thoughts. It's just Grogu. <laughs> like that's yeah. all they think about. As if they could actually like stop him from burning to a crisp just by jumping in front of him, but they tried it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. The main criticism, and I do share this one from mm. the finale and maybe the season as a whole is the shortened finale time-wise yeah yeah it would have benefited from like you don't see then and Bo have a conversation at the end of the episode there's yeah, not that's true there, yeah. usually there's usually there's like an extra 10 minutes where there's a lot of kind of deep chat and i feel like this episode maybe suffered a bit from some of the expectations that like people were expecting mm. bo-katan to fly on in the mythosaur the yeah, armorer yeah. to be a traitor and all these different things that didn't happen in the end. Yeah, I did think it's a bit weird the Mythosaur doesn't like didn't do anything. Um, but then maybe I don't know, maybe it's more fitting that there wasn't like a giant monster that came in and saved them, that it was actually just the Mandalorians themselves. I I found it strange that was it what was the episode where that big monster comes out the ground and the Mandalorians then have to go underground to escape from it? Wasn't that the uh, penultimate episode? Yeah, the spies. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't really. That didn't come up again. That creature. It just sort of comes up and scares them away, and then yeah. doesn't reappear. I found that a little bit strange. That I will admit, I I still don't know what creature that was because I was doing something at the time. <laughs> I was like looking away from the screen, and then I heard a big bang and looked up, and I saw that something had happened, but yeah. I didn't see what. And then I just never like it doesn't show up again. <laughs> so I thought I won't rewind it because I'm sure it's going to be important. <laughs> yeah. Just never see it again. So I never, it I never bit, knew what it was. It was a bit too much of that at times because you've got the mm. big creature in the first episode. Yeah, real chicken dinosaur things <laughs> with their wee creepy babies eggs. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, I okay. <laughs> so that was something I remember. So that whole sequence on the beach. Remember when they're all training? Yes. <laughs> when they're all doing their sort of martial art combat training and everyone's practicing and that just felt a little i remember feeling that felt a little bit forced or that felt mm. a little bit unnatural at times because i remember that was when bo katan had finally come into the fray of the mandalorian sect and i remember mm. talking to james and just us two being like it just feels like they're trying to show off how hard they are <laughs> <laughs> for no reason yeah and it's like we've had... got a new guest everyone show off your judo <laughs> Grogu's swaps out the paintballs, and he and he wins that game by cheating. Yeah, because <laughs> he what what happens? They said that you you can yeah you can only shoot once or no that yeah you shoot once and you get a point if you mm. if you hit. And Grogu just shoots three times and gets three points in one round and wins. They just let him win. 
Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Paul to the door of the car park because that <laughs> I, I, I kind of disagree that Grogu had no character development. I feel like he deve- he developed and showed off a lot of the skills he'd learned from Luke. Mm. I feel like he intervened in like the 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 fight between uh, what's his name, Paz Vizsla and yeah. the other guy on the kind of pirate ship. Mm. Yeah, I feel like he actually start. He actually took part in actual fights this time round and used his ability to jump and see Grogu pushing people out of the way with the force during the battle. That was mm. spoiler. That was my favorite moment of the season. <laughs> Seeing him actually using his force skills in the in like an actual battle. Yeah. Yeah. There was a point when Grogu rescued Din from the stormtroopers in the finale, and Din like looked at Grogu and then said, I'm gonna need it's like I'm gonna need you to be brave or something. And that like for some reason that just really hit me quite hard because it was a moment where you see Din realise like Grogu's not a child anymore that I have to look after. Like he can actually look yeah. after me as well and he can fight alongside me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was yeah. I really liked that the way that ended with Grogu. And then when he said, "You did, you did good, kid." I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, felt, that felt very, that felt very hard solo. Mm-hmm. I think Pedro Pascal is worth keeping in the franchise because yes. apparently he doesn't yeah. do a lot of the the stunt work. Like he's just the voice a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like he's worth keeping on board for those moments. Like, yeah, for sure. Be the same without with anyone else. Yeah, for sure. I, I um. I was. I remembered him seeing at the end of, I think, the final episode, I, a glimpse of the Under Armour that Grogu has. I mm. think some it doesn't. Mm. Um, somebody make him like a piece of chainmail or something out of. That's the best The armor makes him like a breastplate at some point in the. Season. I kind of wish that featured a little bit more. Yeah, I forgot I, you that had felt, that until you just said it. <laughs> that felt that because I only just caught a little glimpse of it in one episode, and I thought that mm. felt like a big part of. Grogu's development as to becoming a Mandalorian. Mm. The fact that he has this thing that's made from Beskar. So it almost felt like I was... When I did see that again, I wanted there to be another scene where suddenly Grogu maybe got hit by something and then obviously yeah. was saved by that Beskar armour, which proves that, you know, yeah, it helped and he's... yeah. Another reason to disagree with Paul is we get the... I don't think it's the end of it, but we get the next instalment in his flashbacks where we find out he was rescued by mm. Darth Jar <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh, yes. I forgot all about that episode. Yeah, I forgot that happened. Good old Ahmed Best. I I want to know if anyone had actually like theorised that Ahmed Best would be the Jedi who rescued him, because I've seen so many there, theories. There I've was. had so many theories. There was James. There was, was one. There? Pers- there was one person on Twitter who 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 predicted it. I think, um, yeah, it was like halfway through season one or something. And he retweets. He quote retweets it, and then says like, "Told you so." On Twitter, it's, just, it's mental. How can that be true? How can anyone have thought? Did Ahmed Best? But Ahmed Best played this Kellerin guy on like yeah. a, a, like a game show or something. Yeah, yeah, like Jedi Temple Challenge. I think it is. Yeah. I found it quite interesting because I heard before I watched the episode there was a big cameo, so I'm like watching the episode, like, oh, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? <laughs> like, I know who Ahmed Best is, but mm. it didn't click right away until the the credits where it was like, oh, it's Ahmed Best. And I was like, because I've only seen him in like behind the scenes Phantom Menace once mm, when he's yeah. got Charger on top of his head. I don't know if you've ever seen <laughs> yeah. the, the clips. Yeah. Um, and I was like, who is this big cameo? And it wasn't until mm. the credits came down that I 
it clicked. But I think there's going to be another installment in it because it, it didn't seem to escape the planet yet because it was in some kind of Naboo cruiser. Yes. Yeah. It 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 showed him being taken by the ship, which was obviously owned by the Naboo Royal Guard, and him being mm. taken by Armor Best Off. So we don't know where they went. Did they go to Naboo, or did he take them? Did he take Grogu to someone else, for example? We we don't haven't quite learned that. So I suppose, mm. um, yeah, maybe we'll get more answers in season f- in yeah the next season. But I, it's you know it's. It's almost weird. Like, do we need do we need to know those answers now? It almost feels like a lot of Grogu's mm. story has been almost mostly resolved and mostly figured out. The only thing is, obviously, we don't know who his parents are. I suppose, but then Din is now his spouse. His, his yeah, so you know, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, I've always felt this a little bit of like when we were when we didn't know who got him out of the temple in the first place. I was always a little bit like it'd be cool to know, but I don't know if I need to. Um, but yeah, now that he's now they made a point of putting him on a ship from Naboo, um, with the Naboo Royal Guard, I'm like, well, now I need to know what happens to him next because it's not just a <laughs> random starship; it's Naboo. Like, they, like you said, are they going to Naboo? Are they going to hide out with the Gungans? Is he going to be Jar Jar's best friend for a while? See, I, I that that yeah, I, there is something very would be very ironic that you know they would hide him on the planet where mm. the Emperor the the Emperor's homeworld, effectively. Yeah. Because there was a, a storyline from Legends, I think it was in the original Battlefront 2 game, in the campaign, where you go to Naboo, like, just after the formation of the Empire, and you have to assassinate the Queen of Naboo because she's been hiding Jedi that were rescued from the temple. Yeah. So I'm a little bit like, oh, are we going to go to Naboo and maybe see, like, the Queen of Naboo, or the, whoever the current Queen of Naboo is, hiding out Jedi like Grogu? Because that'd be quite cool if they kind of weave that, that like, old storyline back into canon. We we know what happens to Jar Jar from <laughs> where he becomes like a a clown. Yeah, yeah. Poor guy living on the streets. There's so much great ammunition for you guys for season five. <laughs> so Jar Jar so the clown. Mm. What did um? There was I I think there was there was one also little thing about Grogu um that grated me a little bit was just his over excessive use of flipping. Um, he like <laughs> he jumps a lot and i understand that that young people love that and i understand mm. that's you know that's part of the magic of star wars but yeah i guess just from my own personal perspective it seemed a little <laughs> bit <laughs> a little but bit excessive it kind of has to jump because this is only yeah, yeah. yeah. it was it was just the way he like jumps into someone's arms or something and it looked it just looked really cartoonish because in yeah. the finale when he was doing it to get away from the praetorian guards i thought that looked fine i thought that was really cool but yeah, it was just was the great. way he, like leaps into petty botto's arm and does this triple backflip i was like <laughs> oh that it just it does look like you're flinging a puppet around <laughs> everybody wants to hold the baby everyone wants yep, to hold the baby, the baby. <laughs> right i think that's a good time to get into our our last wee bit. So, mm-hmm. moment character episode. Who's going to go first? James? Uh, yeah, yeah. James. Probably James first seems like a safer bet. Yeah, <laughs> definitely for me. Yeah. So, you choose. It can be moment, character, or episode. Would you want to go first? Um, I will go. Actually, I might do two birds with one stone because my favorite character was Bo Katan. Um, and I've never really been a fan of Bo Katan's character. She's always been one of the, like, one of the few styles characters that I've actually not really liked. Um, but then this episode, it was the moment in the Minds of Mandalore episode where she picks up the Darksaber 
and uses it to rescue Din. And it was just one of the coolest like action sequences I've ever seen in Star Wars. Like just the mm. like her kind of fluidity, her like how comfortable she was with the dark saber. She just looked so cool doing it. She was such a badass. And I thought, oh, I like this character now. Like I really like the character Bo Katan. So yeah, favorite character at a moment in one. I'm gonna do the same as you actually because <laughs> already spoiled. So I'm gonna go favorite character Paz Vizsla. Mm. And Ooh. the best moment, him his sacrifice yeah. and, and defeat by the Praetorian guards. Cause I thought just I thought that bit was just really chilling, just the way he was so kind of beaten yeah. down already and then yeah, you know, when you're playing a video game and you've used up all your health apart from the thing. <laughs> You've got all these new villains coming around. And yeah. he just he had a great story arc throughout the season, just with his mm. son and his protection of him. Although what I didn't understand was his son's a foundling. But mm. if it's his son, would it be a foundling? Or is it like an adopted son like a Grogu? Oh that's what I wondered, yeah. I suppose yeah. He's he's still Yeah, that's a good point. I'm not too sure. Maybe that's I think it's maybe like an adopted situation. Yeah. Like Grogu calls a uh, thing calls Grogu his son, and his speech about there's quite a few rousing good speeches, but his mm. one where he's like, "Why should we continually sacrifice ourselves?" Then he just goes, "Because we're Mandalorians," and then mm. they do the Game of Thrones like King of the North. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. It was a good um, twist in that where he was like, "Why should we keep sacrificing ourselves for you?" And uh, Din was looking at him like, "Oh no, this is this has gone bad," and yeah. it's like. Because we're Mandalorians, like, oh, you had me in the first half. I play a few, like, there's the fight. What's the other guy's name? The guy that kind of takes the ship down and jumps out of it. Oh, oh, Axe Wolves. Axe Wolves, yeah. They're kind of fight, and then they brought in mm. the Grogu bit with the no. Like, I found the yes, 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 no, 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 a wee bit too far at times. But yeah. in, that, in that moment, when it's just, it stops the fight, at least I had a purpose. So I thought he was like, when you actually listen to what I've said there, like, he has so many big moments throughout mm, the season. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of underappreciated, I think, in that, like, you think a lot about, you know, Bo-Katan and, um, and Moff Gideon and all these kind of big characters, and Paz gets a little bit lost in that. But then he see, did have a really good arc, like you said. See, yeah. before they name him, see if you go back to season one, when he's speaking, <laughs> it just says, like, heavy inf- infantry. When <laughs> <laughs> big boy. Big boy. Because <laughs> even back then, even back on the one of my favourite Mandalorian episodes of The Sin. Mm. He's in one episode three. He's one of the main ones that... Because he's the one that Mando's saluting, isn't it, when he's flying away at the end of that episode? Yes. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. And he's in the Book of Boba Fett as well. Yes, he is. In that big scene. So, yeah, I, I did the same as you. So, that was mm. my favourite <laughs> character and moment from the season. Mm. Uh, um... I want to also say Bo-Katan, um, but I suppose that's, yeah, I think we spend a lot of time with her and she and she does go from like, you know, she goes from this reluctant and disenfranchised um, ex-leader to finally realizing her true potential and mm. also finally finding the strength to be able to trust in others again and to see past people's differences and to unite everyone under that same banner i think she goes through a really interesting um transformation across the season so it's probably 
and and like you've all said she has some badass moments of <laughs> herself you know trying to take on when she flies in and she starts taking on gideon herself mm. oh that's that moment that... when she's flying and she gets the dark saber out yeah. to lead them. Oh, like, I melted a oh, little it's bit. Just a, it's just amazing. But yeah, that bit where she just flies in and does she? I don't know if she kicks Gideon or she it's just like sort full of full body tackles him in the air, tackles into the ground. That was absolutely incredible. But and also, um, you know, seeing her then take on people like a. I think doesn't she fly after the Imperial fighters and take them mm. on? Just before they bomb her her castle, and there's like so many individual mm. moments that she has, which are just fantastic. So her, um, it's probably my answer for favorite character. Although the General Grievous crab-eyed alien <laughs> thing is, is a is an honorable mention. I'd like to know more. Um, and I suppose favorite moments. I've had quite a few. Um, I am going to say it's there's probably lots of moments from that final episode. Or the penultimate episode. But I just want to make a special mention of when they bring up the Shadow Council and when mm. we get to see all of the different Imperial remnants that come up. That was a really enlightening moment where finally we got to see how, you know, the structure of the Empire post Return of the Jedi finally, mm. you know, is, is as it appears. And we got to see like the hint of Thrawn coming back. And we also got to see um, uh, Hux, uh, um, Brendel Hux appear. Which, if any, if anyone's read, I think it's um, any of the Star Wars books. He's a prominent character in those, and mm. goes there's off a lot. And of, there's a lot of this in the aftermath trilogy, which I've read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that, will, I'll go. I'll, yeah, let's go with that. Fun. You may already know this, but it's worth pointing out just in case that Hux's dad. Do you know who he was played by? Oh, it's um, yes, it's his. It's um, Gleason's brother. Is yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, Ryan Gleason. Is that right? I think so. Yeah, Brian Gleason. Yeah. Like, really cool. talented family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yes. So, sorry, you go. We did have it. We didn't. Um, I did think how that affects the sort of the structure of how the Imperial Remnant is, or the First Order is, or how they relate to each other, because Brendel Hux does in the books, go off with Grand Admiral Sloan into the Unknown Regions to start the First Order. And it's very much sort of sign or insinuated that that sort of, that sect goes off independently from the rest of the Empire, which is sort of destroyed during the Battle of Jakku. Mm. And this suggests that Brendel Hux is still in contact with the other Imperial remnants outside the Unknown Regions. So I really want to know what's going on there. I want to know is he still making the first order, but is in contact with the Imperial remnants? Is you know what what's that whole thing? What is it? Mm. I'm wondering if it means we're going to see Ray Sloan in like the the remnant film that Dave Filoni is doing or something like that. Yes, yes, yes. Please. A lot of people thought there would maybe be a wee bit of Ahsoka set up in this season, but do you think maybe mm. the Shadow Council scene was the set up and they'll dig in more yeah. into that in Ahsoka? Probably, yeah. I yeah. thought we were going to get a tiny bit of Thrawn. Like, I didn't think he was going to have a big role in the finale or something, but I thought you might get someone like reporting on a hologram and then the camera pans and it's like Thrawn or something. Mm. Um, but yeah, because we had uh, Captain Peleon, who's like Thrawn's second in command, was part of the mm. Shadow Council and he was the one talking about. Um, like Thrawn being displeased or something. So yeah, I feel like the Shadow Council probably was that setup. Um, mm. 
I don't think we should complain though, because no, like no. in this era of like post credit scenes, and sometimes when they don't do the big plug, mm. it's actually quite refreshing that they're just letting the episode yeah. the episode. Yeah, it's nice when it's not just a trailer for the next thing. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we've got one last remaining lingering question, mm-hmm. and. I said at the start, there's four episodes I really like in this season, and there's four that I don't like as much with varying degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you have a favorite episode from season three? I'm trying to work out from the episode list which your like, <laughs> which ones are your favorite, which ones aren't. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you very quickly then. So, my least favorite was the one with Pershing. Yes. Oh, I completely it- forgot about that one. Yeah. I didn't hate it. Next favorite, next least favorite would probably be the one with Jack Black. Although I didn't mm. hate it, maybe my hot take. I quite enjoyed the kind of wackiness of the malfunctioning droids. <laughs> yeah, and then I would say the next one is. Hold on, let me get the episode list up. <laughs> and next favorite would be probably the Foundling. I found that episode a bit weird with the. Hmm. Dragon babies, and then the first episode would probably be next, which I thought was decent but a bit underwhelming. Yeah, and then I would say my fourth least favorite is the Minds of Mandalore, which was the best of the first four, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then my next favorite is probably the Pirate, which was the first kind of big action episode mm. uh, with the all attack mm. on Navarro. Yeah. And then I would say the finale is my second favorite, and my favorite was the penultimate one, where mm. they, where they, where uh, Paz goes out at the end. So that was kind of how I ranked them. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the um, the Doctor Persian episode because I completely <laughs> forgot about that. But I oddly <laughs> quite, I oddly quite enjoyed it. I remember, mm. I remember. So I'm, I might meet you in the car park for this one. Um, but <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't put it last because I hate it. I just put it last because it was my least favorite. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did quite enjoy it still. I think I think I just liked seeing the New Republic and how they operate for the first time. It's not something mm. you really we've seen too much of. I mean, I think I heard you ex- talking about um, Resistance, Resistance um, animated show, which does talk a little bit about the, the New Republic and stuff like that, but. Um, and of course, if you read the books, you might know. But yeah, just seeing that um, and seeing sort of how they're portrayed in it, because there's the bit where Pershing gets captured at the end and he's put up to the sort of the mind flayer, but not in a sense. And it's they're sort of portrayed as a flawed society in a sense mm. wh- that, yeah, could easily go bad in, in many ways. It was, it was, yeah. Um, did you notice when... They're um, Pershing and the female character were walking through Coruscant mm. um, when they we have those like glow lo- glowy lollies or whatever they, whatever they are, and they go up to like the water fountain. There's I think it's the Resistance theme is playing in the background. Yeah, or something March like the Resistance that. or something. That's right, March of Resistance is playing. That was a nice callback. That, that um, fountain comes up in the Rise of is it the first High Republic book. The Light mm. of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. The mountain they look at is right. there's quite a I don't think it I don't think it's mentioned first in Night of the Jedi. I think it's mentioned somewhere else, but like it's it features in a chapter, and that's where I remember mm. it from. 
Mm, um, yeah. I think there was a tiny bit of music from the Lego Skywalker Saga game as well, like the music that plays when you run around Coruscant. Yeah. Um, but I can't quite remember. Maybe it's just March of the Resistance I'm thinking of. Yeah. But then also we got to see the, um, the was it, the opera where Palpatine mm. obviously talks to Anakin Skywalker and tells him the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise, famously. <laughs> get to see that again. I think the issue with this episode is people like us who watch, read some of the books, watch all the shows, mm. I think this is one that maybe the the kind of casual Mando viewer would struggle with a bit. Yeah, yeah I get that. Like some of the friends I've spoken to who don't like they watched this episode and they said I didn't know who this guy was or why we spent like 40 minutes watching an episode. Um and it's he's not even like a deep cut law wise, like he was in the Mandalorian before. But yeah, like for a lot of people it just went over their heads of why that was important. Um and I guess by the end of the season it's still not really like they still didn't really come back to that that much. Mm. Other than just hinting that cloning is gonna be an important thing at some point. Mm. Well, they it was. Did talk, they did yeah. talk. Gideon did clone himself and try and yes. make him more sensitive, but it did kind of fly by that. But yeah, do you think there's going to be more Gideon clones out there that we're going to see? Because I, I feel like those aren't going to be his only clones. I've heard rumors that it was a clone that was killed. That's what I wondered as well. I, you don't yeah. say that you've got like a dozen clones of yourself, and yeah. then your character dies, and that's the last we ever see of you. Just the, way spoke, the way he spoke about the Force didn't really mm. sound like normal Gideon either. It did sound a bit like someone oh, yeah. 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 And he's yeah, and he's I don't know. Yeah. And he sort of I don't know, gave himself up to the fire quite gladly in a way, almost like mm. he was expecting it, putting his arms up. And yeah, I don't I know. I don't think we've seen the last of Gideon. Yeah, for sure. Which is, an issue with, which is an issue with Star Wars as they keep <laughs> yeah. characters back constantly. Um, did you have a favourite then? Like The second last was my favourite. Mm. Did you have a, fav- a standout episode? That was my favourite one as well, The Spies. Mm. Um, mm. I, yeah, partly for the like the for the Paz Vizsla scene. Um, mm. And also, like Adam said, the Shadow Council, I just really enjoyed seeing the characters like Brendel Hux and Captain mm. Peleon and just seeing like this kind of paranoid um side of the empire where they're like no one wants to reveal themselves like thrawn doesn't want to reveal themselves ray sloan mm. might be off screen somewhere not wanting to reveal herself they're mm. all just like trying to play their power without showing their hand yeah um i just thought that was really cool and i feel like it's gonna be cool when we see that like play out in other stuff later on yeah um i think mine uh i think mine's gonna be the spies as well just for the reasons we've all said so i think that's a clean slate on on the spies and um yeah there was just so many great action moments there was so and paz vizsla's moment as well such an Mm. incredible ending to that episode seeing the praetorian guards come out um i guess to yeah just throw another one out there for one of my top i get one of my top ones i guess i will also have to say the mind the mandalora's was one of my favorites um mm-hmm. i loved just the exploration of the mines and seeing Din get captured by the the creature and then having grogu go and go up to rescue him and all of that i thought that was some some brilliant moments i remember enjoying that quite quite a lot but yeah let's go with the spies who were the spies it's <laughs> a good point who were <laughs> i need to rewatch that because i like maybe there were actually more than one spy and i just missed it yeah. That's for the whole armorer mm. debate, or whether she was actually a spy. I'm glad she didn't go down that route. 
Yeah, yeah. I I'm still glad think well. there's something sus about her, but I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just that, like, she's very kind of um, withdrawn and reserved. But I just I feel like there's something more to that character that we don't it's know. It's weird yet. that Bo Katan's a de facto leader, but she yeah lead with all the initiation. Yeah. Yeah, she kind of like, I know she's called the armor, but she's almost like a priest in that sense, isn't she? Um, yeah. Which I guess if your religion is weapons and armor, then an armor would be your kind of priest, wouldn't I love, it? I love when she just starts clobbering people with her <laughs> spikes. <and that. laughs> yeah. She just takes people out like mid-flight with her, <laughs> yeah, with her battle stuff, her hammers. Okay. Yeah. Does it seem she flies in and got like a hammer but also tongs like she doesn't have two hammers one thing she's holding is a set of tongs hammer and tongs. yeah like bringing tongs to a blaster fight and it somehow <laughs> works hey we've got one last question before we mm -hmm. finish up did you enjoy bb season two more or mando season three more Ooh. will we do it all Ooh. together or... oh that's a that's a oh Oh no! I don't. Oh, I don't know. I'm happy to go first. Okay. Okay. It wasn't always plain sailing, but I do think Mando pulled off the season better. I feel like Mando had, you know, Bad Badge had like six really good episodes, which weren't mm. necessarily all linked together that much. Yeah. I feel like the Mando, the Bad Batch filler episodes were pretty dull. There was maybe two or three that I just struggled to get through a wee bit. Mm. I didn't feel that way with the Mandalorian, and I feel like the Mandalorian's finale was stronger than Bad Batch's. But I feel like there was a spell in the middle where I was enjoying Bad Batch more, but I would yeah. just give the edge to Mandalorian overall. Even though it wasn't... The I still think season one's the best Mandalorian season. I feel like season two was too... Mm. Here's mm. Boba Fett, here's Ahsoka. Whereas season one stood on its own as this great story with new characters. Yeah. So I would I would go Mando season three over Bad Batch season two on the whole. But it wasn't always plain sailing. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go Bad Batch. Um, mm, interesting. There there was a lot that I didn't love about both shows, the stuff we talked about, like the filler episodes and yeah. like it seeming a bit aimless a lot of the time. Um but I feel like Bad Batch has more license to be that because yeah. the Mandalorian was like tied into this wider story. And I think I was just a bit too annoyed that the Mandalorian had episodes that didn't like advance that or didn't build on those ideas that well. So I'm yeah, even though the Mandalorian uh, even though the Bad Batch had filler episodes, I was like, I still enjoy the filler episodes of the Bad Batch. Okay, just to throw out there season one, episode six with the, the prisoner. Mm. It seemed throw away until uh, yeah. Mayfeld came mm. back in in season two so mm. Mando's is quite good at picking the characters back up again Yeah, in the next yeah. season so maybe season four might make you see season three slightly differently I'm not saying that's it's true. perfect that's very, a lot true. that's very true oh so um, you, Adam, uh, for the final so thoughts is this the deciding vote? So we've had one for the Mando, <laughs> one for the Bad Batch. Who's going to have it? Um, oh, yeah, you it's get a hard to decide one. which one gets renewed for another season. You seem okay. very fond. Of, you seem very fond of the Mando finale. I did. Um, I, I, I am. Um, there's a lot about the Mandalorian. This Mandalorian season, I liked, but there was a lot of it that there was a lot of it that I was struggling with, and there was a lot of it where I was just waiting for other things to happen and for other things to move on like 
I think you mentioned the the covert episode I sort of had problems with um and just generally just yeah wanted it to go at, move forward at a, maybe a better pace than I than was happening um I but I felt more for the characters such as Crosshair and Hunter for the reasons James said I see what he's going in yeah. in the bad batch than I did Bo Katan like I I did, so <laughs> I yeah I think I I felt more I it resonated with me more by the finale of the Bad Batch than it did the Mandalorian then, so I'm going to go with the Bad Batch. Then Grogu's daddy now though. I mean it was <laughs> yes I agree it was there was good bits of that but um yeah I think I think all of Crosshair's arcs and and Hunter's arc sealed it for me I think so let's go with that. <laughs> I feel vindicated. I know, I know when to accept defeat. <laughs> it's because he has to host a podcast with me, so like we have to agree on something at the end. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm I'll, I'll, the I'll tell you my real. I'll tell you my real thought after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, getting, uh, I'm getting ganged up upon by the the monster farm report. Hope's fault for not being here. They'd be, be better calling you the Moister Farm Gang or something like that. <laughs> um, no, but that is, uh, and Paul's punishment for not being here is he's got an hour 45 minutes to edit. So, <laughs> Sorry, Paul. <laughs> Sorry. Well, guys, um, it's been a blast. Um, I've really enjoyed mm. talking Bad Batch and Mandalorian with you. Yeah, um, likewise. It's been great. Hopefully you have too. Yeah, I always feel like our episodes, our collaborative episodes, are usually quite long. So <laughs> we must we must know quite a lot of stuff. It's because we don't it's... know how to shut up. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you 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 guys definitely know more than we do, anyway. So just before we finish off, um, talk mm-hmm. a wee bit at the start. He's wanting to just plug what's just came for season four for you guys and future plans. Hmm. Yeah, what are our future plans? <laughs> yeah, what are, what are our future plans? So, um, yes, yeah, yeah. so we've just wrapped up season four. So, if you've not listened to any of our stuff before, you've got four whole seasons to go and listen to. Um, which I know probably will take you up until whenever we start doing season five. But we haven't, we've not even done any planning for that yet, so no. we have no idea when that's gonna uh, start launching. But we might do some bonus episodes in between. We could do our we own Mandalorian do. review. We will do our own Mandalorian um, um, review, of course. Are we gonna do a Bad Batch review? Should we, we could do, maybe we could do something could, on visions? We, we could, could do, do so many episodes. We could do so much. You're only allowed to do it. You're only allowed to do those two if you plug this while you're doing it. Ah, that's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> that's a very good point. Our entire Mandalorian review could just be like, "Welcome to the Moisture Report. This is our Mandalorian view." Yeah. Go and listen to the episode with the Isaac Smith cinema because all of our thoughts are there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, season five will hundred percent have loads more what ifs. We love doing mm-hmm. our little what if creations. You know, me and James t- take a take a some story in the Star Wars universe and t- make our own spin of the events of what happens afterwards um, and create bunker stories um, as a result. And we do deep dives on characters and planets and all sorts of things in the Star Wars universe. So yeah, we've, I don't know, we've, we've got a whole episode list of things we still have yet to mm. look into. Um, I'm trying to go through them in my head of the things we haven't, <laughs> we've, we haven't touched on yet, but I'm sure there's loads. So yeah. yeah. I've given you quite a few ideas as well. You've got, <laughs> Yeah, maybe uh, this is us planning season five. Did Future it, did, Paul loves Jar Jar Banks. Didn't we scheduling? Didn't we do? Um, or didn't you say last time that you wanted us to do Benthic, and then we ended up doing Benthic two tubes? Yes. Yes. 
<laughs> I claim a writing credit on that. <laughs> Executive producer. Well, you guys say you don't plan much. Me and Paul really don't plan, but we're going to do, <laughs> as we said, either a Visions review or a Visions episode ranking. Maybe the latter. Maybe me and mm-hmm. Paul will just do that, eh, rank the episodes. I'm going to be watching them over the next couple of days. Nice. Eh, and then we've got a couple of films lined up. I want Paul to watch Deadpool Society, which I watched recently. Ah. I want him to check that out. And Paul wants me to watch The Thing. Mm-hmm. Nice. Good film. Yeah. So that's our plan for the next couple of weeks. Um we just kind of get to 30. Our first season was 30 episodes, so we just decided after every 30th episode, we'll say it's a new season. So we're on season three right now. <laughs> nice. Probably near in the end. Uh, but if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you, first of all, follow Moisture Farm Report on George's Mind, everyone, what platforms you can find you on. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it, James. <laughs> uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Moisture Farm Rep. Um, we've also got an email address if you want to send us ideas for Star Wars stories to cover. Uh, MoistureFarmPod at gmail.com. And if you listen to our show and you enjoy it, you can support it by buying us a cup of jar juice at buymecoffee.com forward slash Moisture Farm Rep. Oh, we have one of those as well. <gasps> <laughs> yes, we we'll, we would love we would love some uh, cup of Java juices. That would be that would be very nice. But of course, if you want to listen to us, we're on all like we're on most. <laughs> I forgot to say where you can listen. To I was going to say yeah, you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts: Anchor, Spotify, oh. Apple, Google Podcasts. Um, some smaller ones even. We're probably on there. What, yeah, Overcast, I can't even think of what they cast, are. Podbean, cast Podbean. Box. I don't know if anyone uses them. They're there. <laughs> We're there. Stitcher. This is going to be my best ever plug, but what they said we're on we're on places as well so <laughs> i think we're everywhere but audible because i've just never had the attention span to set that up but we're you on, are on audible. i didn't even know we could be on audible is that we're, on audible. we're on audible they keep sending me emails saying add your podcast i'm like oh, i'll do it later no oh, we're yeah. on audible amazon music spotify for podcasters which is what anchor mm-hmm. was spotify yeah. good pod youtube all these places fun places yeah, I, I, I've managed to survive an episode without Paul, so hopefully I've I've done something <laughs> <to my> justice. <laughs> um, no, thanks a lot. And the last thing you need to do uh, when you come on our podcast is see if you can remember our slogan from the last time you came on the podcast. Oh, oh no! Was... no. <laughs> oh no! No, that was November. Oh, there's been a lot um... of time since November. <laughs> oh. oh, I don't know. I have no, no idea. The power, the power of, of escapism. It's that, but it's also the power of coming up with good ideas and maybe not going into them as much detail as you can and maybe <laughs> not quite reaching your potential. But also, well done, the power of escapism. Yes. Nice. <laughs> nice. Paul always says something witty where he like makes up one related to what we're talking about. So mm. I try and fail to do the same. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Well, guys, um, thank you very much. And whoever made it to the end of this marathon episode <laughs> definitely deserves a medal uh, at the event where Chewbacca didn't get a medal. <laughs> or did he? Right, guys, thanks so much for coming on. And thank, thank you, you very much for having us. us.